opening minds, changing the possibilities by changing perceptions. Hello everyone, this is Laura. Welcome back to the Fashionability Channel. It's been a while, hasn't it? Emily and I get so wrapped up in our various projects, sometimes it gets hard to record a podcast on a regular basis. But I hope you enjoy the one I have for you today. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of social media. I mean, I use it. I use it to achieve my various goals, most of which pertain to marketing or promotion, and I've even managed accounts for other people. But I don't fully engage in the, well, social aspect of social media. So the other day, I was scrolling through Instagram, which is really pretty rare for me, because as a totally blind person, I don't really get a great deal out of scrolling through Instagram unless people have bothered to add alt text to their photographs which is a vanishingly small number of accounts based on the total number of posts on an average Instagram feed. But as I scrolled through, I stumbled upon an account called Blind Girl Designs. I tapped into it, and I immediately knew I had to interview the founder for the Fashionability Channel podcast. So here is my interview with Trisha, founder and designer of Blind Girl Designs. Hi, Trisha. Thank you for being on the Fashionability Channel podcast. Thank you, Laura, for inviting me. I have to tell you, I was so excited to have discovered Blind Girl Designs because your brand ticks off all the boxes for me. It's fashion. It's innovation. It's accessible in every sense of the word. And the founder is a creative entrepreneur with a disability. I mean, (laughs) what's not to like? (laughs) I just knew I had to have you on the podcast. So for people who aren't familiar with your brand, I would love it if you could tell everyone your background as well as your journey to Blind Girl Designs. I have a degree in theater, as you also do. I understand you have a degree in musical theater and I have a degree in English literature. So after I um, graduated from college, I got a job uh, with my liberal arts degree as a sales clerk in a store. Um, Now, so just one thing to acknowledge with a degree in theater, you know, I started sewing when I was five and made, I did my own theater Uh, wrote scripts and we had six kids in my family. So we would do shows for my mom and dad and I would design the costumes. And uh, so I always loved fabrics, textures, beautiful clothes. I loved Audrey Hepburn. I loved any old movie where Fred Astaire was dancing with Ginger Rogers. I just loved the concept of the art of apparel because I, even at a really young age, I recognized that apparel was just a different form of art. You know, impressionism is a certain kind of art and cubism is a certain kind of art, but apparel has its own uh, aesthetic. And so I um, always, you know, knew how to sew. So I would sew little dresses and, you know, sew costumes. And then when I went to college, 
then, you know, it was hardcore costume design classes as part of my degree. So I got better at sewing, but I have to say, you know, from a seamstress standpoint, I'm, you know, not an A-level, um, but enough to uh, be able to put together a garment. So in, to talk about how I got into this industry is really happenstance, serendipitous. I um, got a job as a salesperson in a kind of a carriage trade store where they sell high-end everything. And I was a salesperson in accessories. And so I would merchandise the, the accessory area all the time and move inventory and clean it and, you know, make all the little, you know, diamond, faux diamond rings sparkle. And their business just went crazy because to me, this, you know, it's visual. This is what I've always done. It's theater. You know, the, the store opens, it's the same as a curtain going up, right? So you always want to, you know, have a great show. And so they came down after about four months, some un person I didn't know came down and said, would you like to be an assistant buyer? And I said, does it pay more than a salesperson? And they said, yes. And I said, I'm in, I'm totally in. And that is actually how my career started. Totally, wow. randomly, serendipitously. And so when I took the job, I discovered, um, you know, I've always been creative and, uh, you know, very literature base. I discovered that I am very left brain and right brain and that I'm really good with numbers of which when you're a merchant or in merchandising or in any business industry, it's key that you're good with numbers. So I started learning retail math. I was very good at it. I learned very quickly. And uh, then my career just snowballed from there. I was an assistant buyer and then I became a buyer in uh, Young Men's. And so I did all different, you know, the thing in my industry is that if you have a skill set, you would apply it to different areas. It's very common. And so I became a buyer and then I became uh, a divisional vice president, which is the person in charge of buyers and designers, and then a senior vice president, and then a chief merchandising officer. So my career just kept expanding. Along the way, I managed teams of designers. And as a merchant, for people who are unfamiliar with the retail and wholesale industry, a merchant is the person that's in charge of the visual aspects of a product, of a garment or an accessory, uh, as well as the financial aspects. So it's really pretty great. Can it sell? Can we make money? So the conversation with the designers is always, how do we make this better? How do we get the cost to a reasonable cost for this customer? And is this the correct kind of fabric? So it's really a deep dive into every product that's creative. And this is happening all over the world right now. This is just the nature of the industry that, that a merchant and designer have a very, very tight relationship and it's very, very interactive. So um, yes, yeah, so I spent my career flying all over the world. I've been to all seven continents and I've been to 40, probably 48 countries. And um, as I say in my LinkedIn bio, I've been to seven continents and I've done business on six. So frequently I 
would get on a plane and fly to Hong Kong and have a meeting. And then the next day, fly from Hong Kong back to New York and then get on a plane and fly to South America and then be there for a few days and fly back to New York. So it was not infrequent that I would be on three continents and within a 10 or 12 day period, it was pretty common for me. So I really, you know, got to learn hands-on everything about making a garment from this, you know, from, from cotton ball stage, you know, Mm. or from a synthetic uh, garment, you know, from the actual chemical stage to spinning the threads and then weaving the threads, the weights of garments. So, you know, basically everything about merchandising production and, uh, you know, design were all the things that, that I, that were my world. I loved my world. I loved, uh, I loved flying all over the world. I love going to new places and creating and being around creative people. It's just so elevating and energizing to be around people with vision all the time. It's just part of your life. There's nothing like working in an environment where the people around you are as passionate and as creative as you are. It just makes everything so much more exciting. And I love that story because it's a great uh, you know, to make a cliche out of it, it's it's like a starting at the mailroom type of story, you know, it's working true. your, your way up. <laughs> it is so much that story that we were so poor. I uh, got married after college to my husband, who I'm still married to. And we were so poor, I would take the bus to work and I would have, I would bring my little sandwich, you know, because we had a very tight budget. And so I would just have my little sandwich, uh, you know, in my little brown bag and put it in the refrigerator. And one day somebody stole my lunch and I only had enough money to get home on the bus. And all of the other assistant buyers didn't have any money because we were all young, struggling, aspiring, right? And so I didn't get to eat that day. And so that's how much from the mailroom this story is, you know, from really um, challenging But knowing that I could overcome, I think that's been a big resounding thought process in my life is that, okay, so today I can't eat, but, you know, tomorrow I can, you know, that not to get caught up in the negative stuff that happens, but just recognize it as stuff that happens, part of growth, just the current reality. And, and did I like that current reality? No, not so much. But I did see that there were people in higher positions that were actually going out to lunch (laughs) and and eating, you know, big salads and stuff. That looked really aspirational to me. So, you know, I always looked for the future. So that's that's kind of my my deal there. Eating is a good aspiration to have. I'm telling you, eating is an incredibly motivating thing. At least it, it has it has totally been motivating for me. So, yes, so that is my story. And I'd like to share another aspect of my story before we get to the Blind Girl Designs part that I think is very interesting. And that is, um, I have a son, Robert, who's 25, and he is a special needs guy. And he um, has a whole bunch of um, stuff that is uh, challenging for him. And one of them is that he is dyslexic 
and he has birth defects in his wrists and his in his ankles. So, um, and he's bipolar, among other things. And so when he was little, he went to a two-year kindergarten that was for special needs kids. And then uh, they told us, oh, you know, by the time he hits second grade and starts reading, everything's going to be great. <laughs> it's just going to be dreamy. Well, you know, by the second grade, he couldn't read or write. And um, everything wasn't dreamy. And he was bullied enormously. And it's very difficult with a child because he has so many, he has ADHD, OCD, Tourette's. I mean, he, as he got older, you know, more things express themselves. So it was a difficult, he had a very difficult time. And, you know, as we know, uh, with our um, particular disability, it's invisible. Right? Nobody knows, looking at me, that I am visually impaired, or you. So nobody knows, looking at my son, that he has a whole bunch of stuff, you know, that aren't that aren't uh, on a normal functioning level. So what happened was, um, my husband and I decided that because I traveled so much in my career, that we would just start taking my son on trips. And so we did. And uh, we, would, we took him, he has also been to seven continents and a little less countries than me, probably 40. But what my husband did, who has a degree in history, was everywhere we went in the world, he took him to every museum, every monument, every place of interest that could educate my son in an auditory manner or a visual manner. And at the uh, throughout my son's life, he, he had very little speech when he was young. So he had speech therapy for about 12 years. And as a result of the incredible work of the speech therapists and the reading specialists, the people that are just angels, and my, the devotion of my husband, my son's language is completely normal now. And he has the insight of the world uh, within his brain. And this didn't seem to be a very important story, but as I, or for me, this was just a family story. But as I do Blind Girl Designs, I see it as that we are just all one big family with alternate abilities or disabilities. And we took a route that has worked out really great for our son and our family. And he was vastly underestimated in terms of what he could do. They kept telling him he could drop out from high school when he was 16, he had tantrums, but he actually uh, went to two years of college. Now this required me to read an enormous amount of stuff to him and do all the, the extra stuff that moms do to help. And he would also dictate papers to me, but where we can go if we don't let other people tell us our limitations is infinite. That is what I learned from raising a special needs child. And so that has really affected me as my vision has progressed or you know, gone south, is to not put limitations on myself based on somebody else's point of view about what it's like being blind or visually impaired. Just ignore it, just move forward, just use the skill set that I have developed over my lifetime 
to make it happen. Because listening to people that tell me that I can't or my son can't or that any other kid can't or any other person with a um, disability, it's just not an okay way to think. It's not helpful to anyone. It's, it's a ridiculous notion. So that's how I operate. <laughs> that's, that's how I operate. The other way I operate is that um, I think kindness, compassion, and empathy are the pillars of the world. And I'm really grateful for having had all this adversity in my life because it makes me so much more connected to the world. And, and to me, for Blind Girl Designs, that is just an expression of being connected. You know, being truthful and out there about being blind, even though you can't tell I am, I am. So that's part of the base of Blind Girl Designs, was me being able to be my authentic me, tell you about it so you don't freak out when you meet me and I bang into you or walk into the side of a bus and uh, be able to use the skills and knowledge that I have to make beautiful clothes. And I've talked to other blind people and or people with blind uh, members in their family and they you know, only use their cane when they absolutely have to. And I, I think that um, it's unfortunate because we... I know for myself is that if I don't have my cane or I also wear a vest that says blind because I want to be super mobile and <laughs> I, I do, I don't really care what, uh, you know, that it looks funky. doesn't matter. I really would like it if you would step three feet away from me so I can keep moving frontwards because I know you're looking at your iPhone and I have this little stick <laughs> and you're not looking at that. So I have a vest that says blind on both sides and I'm hoping that maybe between those two things, um, I'm that you'll catch the idea. If not, I'm willing to add an auditory thing here so beep, that you... beep, beep, beep. <laughs> exactly. I am not <laughs> joking. If it can make people look up and step away from me so I can continue to be mobile and go to airports, I'm up for it. You know, I don't care. I want to continue to be as mobile as I can. You yeah. know, that is such a great metaphor for get out of my way. Exactly. You know? I mean, if I mean, it's like you're you're either part of the solution or you're in my way. Exactly. So don't get in my way. So Trisha, tell me about Blind Girl Designs. Tell me about the type of clothes you have on offer, and what makes them so special. Blind Girl Designs is really geared towards comfort and ease. And our apparel doesn't have any buttons or zippers in it, specifically because I have a difficulty myself with buttons and zippers. The only zippered thing that I have is, you know, an outside jacket. And sometimes I cannot hook that zipper myself, even though I train myself to do it. Sometimes it's too difficult. So I'm really, really working to make clothes that are cute and fashionable, but that are really accessible. We, we uh, have a big label on the inside of our garments so that if you do have vision or um, if you're fully, fully sighted, you can see the brand and you can see the washing instructions and you can see the size on the garment. So we're, we're just really 
interested in making garments that would be okay for me to make. And that really extends out to a lot of other people with disabilities. My son had a problem pulling garments over his head. He has low tone. And so we make sure the necklines aren't really tight around your neck, except for one swing dress we have that has elastic. But in general, just, you know, that tight crew neck is hard to get over your head. So we're trying to make everything accessible. Uh, one significant thing, which may change in the future, but for right now, all of our apparel and hats are brightly colored because that is what I can see. And I'm finding that as our line evolves and our website evolves, it's really beautiful seeing all the rainbow of colors uh, in our apparel. And we're getting a lot of really positive feedback about that, particularly during the pandemic where people are wearing a lot of neutrals and grays. And as we look at the couture designers, they are going into the brighter colors in 2022. So we're right on track with where the world wants to be, but we're there right now. Color is happy. And inspirational and upbeat, makes us feel good. Absolutely. I, I walk into department stores sometimes and it is a sea of black and brown. So I seek out color. And mm -hmm. so I love wearing color and it's wonderful to know your garments are colorful. Would you characterize your product line as career wear, lounge wear, active wear? It's our, our, our line is casual and there's an eye, our big, big thing is that it's versatile. And it, um, the dresses that we have, uh, you can wear to work, you can wear hanging out because the fabrication that we use, uh, we have a couple of fabrications. One is cotton with spandex. The other one is polyspan. Polyspan is the fabric that is in all of your yoga clothes, your workout clothes, so it's a lightweight fabric. It's easy to take care of. It's easy to wash. It dries really fast. You know, all things that are important to us, we who have to deal with washers and dryers and accessible stuff. So we're going to really um, stick with that in terms of the type of fabrication that we use so that there's not wovens or wrinkles or anything. We want easy wear and versatile. So if, uh, if you are sighted and you can see images there's images of dresses, for instance, pocket dresses being dressed up with jewelry or dressed down to go to the beach to throw over, you know, um, a swimsuit. We have our t-shirt dresses are the same way where you can dress it up by wearing a bodysuit to a club. We have a sheer sparkly number there, but you could also just throw it over a swimsuit and wear it to the beach. So we really love the whole idea of having our product be really versatile. And do you offer a wide range of sizes? We do. And we're going to actually work on offering even a wider range of sizes. When we started, we started, you know, SML, XL. And now we're really doing mostly L, XL, XXL. And then we're going to start patterns when we do our t-shirts, you know, for 2XL so that we just have a we can just have a wider range of people that can wear our apparel because I myself am, you know, short and square. And there are a lot of retailers that I can't buy apparel from because the sizing is just too tiny and not well, realistic for my body. 
I'm the opposite. I'm tall and nothing ever fits me. Everything looks like you know, the sleeves are too short. The pant legs are too short. The waist doesn't fit correctly. <laughs> the dresses never hit me where they're supposed to. So I like the idea of having a wide range of, of clothing that is inclusive of everyone. Obviously, that's part of the accessible nature it is. of your design. And that's so interesting because one of the things about the, the, the dresses that we have right now, we have a t-shirt dress. We have a scoop neck pocket dress and we have what we call a swing dress, which has an elastic at the neck and it's sheared. But we have um, tried all of those dresses on with capris and leggings mm-hmm. for exactly what you're saying that you're a tall woman, right? So maybe the length of the pocket dress is a little bit too short for you to wear mm-hmm. as a dress, but we put slits in the side of it. So you could actually wear it as a tunic, right? And then I have had other uh, women say, oh, I'm going to put a turtleneck under that and I'm going to wear leggings and then I'm just going to wear it, you know, as a tunic all the way through the fall or belt it. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So we really, we even, we say on our site, you know, clothing as unique as you are. Mm -hmm. So we want you to be able to take it and interpret it to what your, you know, inner vision is of apparel as art for you. And you mentioned hats. Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, not only does nobody wears dresses anymore because they (laughs) barely carry them in the stores, but nobody wears hats anymore. So tell me about those. So there's a, uh, a beanie that we have on our line right now that is in cotton span. And we made the beanies so that it can be reversed on one. it's a, on one side, you flip it up and it's got three buttons, red, white, and black, which are representative of my cane. It's one of the details that we try to put on some of the items so that people will say, what's, what's with that? And maybe get some conversation going about visual impairment or blind girl designs and, and let's normalize this a little bit. So let's just get this into everyday conversation. And then you, if you want to, if you're like a Brooklyn type of a, you know, person and you want a long beanie, then you can actually reverse it and the buttons will still be on the outside, but it won't be cuffed. And then it will hang down, you know, in the back, like a slouchy beanie. So those are are cute and they're really, they're darling. And we have them in, you know, we have them in a zebra, black and white zebra print and a red and black, you know, zigzag print. So we have about six different prints in that. We think this is going to be a really big item for holiday because in addition to them just being really cute and versatile and washable and wearable, um, we have little uh, drawstring, little sheer drawstring bags with ribbons on them to put them in with the Blonde Girl Design logo on the outside of the bag. So perfect stocking stuffer for $16. Like who wouldn't want to get a darling little bag like this with the little beanie in it? That's reversible. Well, so, and I love that you incorporate <laughs> advocacy into your individual yes. products. Yes. That is so really unique. Important. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's, it, it, it's an extension of me waking up that day at the end of December and saying, I am not going to, I was so closed off, Laura. I felt like I was in a hole and I just got up and said, this is enough. I am going to start a company. It's going to be blind girl designs. And I'm going to tell everybody I'm blind 
and we are going to make this better for me and for anybody else that we can make life better for. That's what we're going to do. And that has been our mission from the day I started with Dave, who does production, Molly, who does our social media, Robert, who does our photography. Everyone is totally in to that mission to, and I, I, to normalize this, to talk about it, to know that this is not a flat thing being blind. It's a spectrum, as you earlier mentioned, you know, so let's talk about it. Let's not be afraid of it. And that is going to be something that we're going to continue to grow and advocate as we go forward, expanding into the disability community. You know, I, I think being invisible is not okay. It's not okay to be invisible. So let's get the conversation going. Well, to use another cliche, because apparently I'm full of cliches today, you know, (laughs) fear, fear lives in the dark, right? So once you shine the bright light of truth and openness, and then, you know, then we can have a conversation and then there's nothing to be afraid of. And so I, so I think having, yes, I totally agree with you. Once the door is open for the conversation, my son just told me that when he meets people, he just tells them right off the bat what his disabilities are because he wants to start the conversation immediately so that he, he just wants it on the table because he said that when people don't know and when they're afraid, then they don't really know how to react. But if exactly. he just tells them up front, then they can actually say, really? And then he can actually tell them about what his disabilities are and how he, what his workarounds are. And then that's actually not even usually the primary thing in a relationship. That's just a part of the part of who we are. It's not singularly who we are. So that takes that off the table very quickly. I think very smart that he does that. Very interesting. Well, and I have also been a long time advocate and I always tell people that Instead of instructing other people as to what to or not to do or how to behave or how to interact with me, instead, I do what I do. And, right. you know, you can come along for the ride. And, oh, I love um, that. Yeah. And that, that, it's, that way, it's, it's, you're not putting other people in a position of, of discomfort because I think the reason why people feel uncomfortable is because they don't know what to say. Um, right. And, you know, we can take control of that narrative by our exactly. own actions, our achievements and how we are contributing to the world. So I, I want totally everyone agree. to know how they can buy your products. So we have a website and it is at blindgirldesigns.com. And you'll see us pop up on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram we're, we do content on all of the social media platforms as well. Sure. That's how I found you. Trisha, mm-hmm. tell everyone your last name and how to spell it in case they want mm-hmm. to look you up. Yes. my uh, And actually a great place to look me up would be on LinkedIn. I have a really robust profile there. And um, my last name, my name is Trisha. My last name is W-A-E-C-H-T. E-R, and it's pronounced Wector, 862-448-1011. Okay, that is your customer service phone number. 
Correct. So tell me a little bit about your plans for the future with Blind Girl Designs. Mm. Are you going to expand your product line, offer different types of apparel? What do you have in mind? Yes, actually, this is, uh, you know, the way that um, it works in my industry is that, um, you know, we come up with, or I came up with ideas that I thought would be great, right? But depending on how the, uh, our consumers, the customers, you know, respond, then, then basically everybody leads us. So it's not for me to tell you what you want. It's for you to tell me. And so the more that we sell stuff, the more that, um, I know what direction to go. And so now, uh, I have blind girl design t-shirts that are just my logo mm-hmm. that I just made for me to where actually Dave made them. The guy who does our production, um, made them for, for me. And I have had so many people ask me for blind girl design logo t-shirts. Well, what is your that, logo? Describe it for us. It's a, our logo is an American typewriter font. And it, it just says in this very classic typewriter font with serifs, blind girl designs. But on the B, the stick on the B is my blind cane. So it's red, white, and black. Oh. So that's integrated into our logo. And so I think because of the distinctiveness of our logo, people really are interested in really just want to have a t-shirt that says blind girl designs to support blind girl designs. So we're working on that and we're also working on, and we'll see how much we can get done before Christmas, but we're also working on some Christmas teas in red using uh, blind canes, for instance, to make a snowflake to make a Christmas tree with the blind girl <laughs> designs logo on it, you know, because this is the stuff that would be, you know, relevant to blind girl designs, okay. you know, and reflective of blind girl designs. And so we see that there's a whole, and then the other thing that we've discovered, Laura, is that um, we're getting a lot of feedback for people that they feel very inspired by this. And so I am a very optimistic person. I use a lot of upbeat language and, you know, I believe that, I believe that things can happen. I believe that this will happen and get bigger and bigger and have even a greater outreach as we go forward. And so just simple optimistic words, like, you know, I believe, (laughs) you know, blind girl designs logo, you know, just, just those positive uh, verbiage. I think there's a whole place that we can go from a t-shirt perspective with that because um, it's really important. It's not, we all have difficulties in our lives of different nature, but it's always wonderful to be able to have an aspirational or inspirational, you know, thought in our head or see somebody coming at us with a t-shirt that says something upbeat. And so again, I feel like that you know, spreads a message of positivity. Speaking of future plans, I happen to know a little birdie may have told me that you are going to be appearing on an upcoming holiday gift edition of a little virtual shopping event called Let's Go Shopping. Yes, that is correct. We are very, very excited. We will be on at two to three central time. And you know what? I'm very, very excited about it for many reasons. One reason is because of my background in theater, it is very creative 
thinking about how to verbally explain a really visual thing, which is what you guys do in this event. And so I find that to be so inclusive and exciting. It's all audio only. So yes, it helps to have the gift of gab and descriptive vocabulary. And of course, people will be able to ask you questions as well. So one more time, would you please give out your contact details so we can get people shopping with you now? Okay. Blindgirldesigns.com. B-L-I-N-D-G-I-R-L-D-E-S-I-G-N-S.com. And my name is Trisha Wechter. W-A-E-C-H-T-E-R. And we would love to see you pop up on any of our social media sites just to you know follow along our journey because we believe it's going to be big and exciting and that we're just at the beginning of it. Many thanks to Trisha who was very gracious and understanding through the interview, which was interrupted by technical difficulties, but she was wonderfully patient and I appreciate it very much. And because she's going to be joining us for Let's Go Shopping, I wanted to make sure to extend an invitation to all of you. Let's Go Shopping is an online, accessible, virtual shopping event where I connect small businesses with the customers who need them. It's all online via Zoom and to get an invitation, please send a blank email to lgs plus subscribe at groups.io. I'll go over that again. Send a blank email to lgs for Let's Go Shopping, plus, which is a plus sign, not the word plus, subscribe at groups, make sure there's an S at the end, dot I-O. It's not dot com, it's dot I-O. So L-G-S plus subscribe at groups dot I-O gets you on our email announce list where you will receive all sorts of promotional information about the shopping event, including a complete schedule of the two-day extravaganza, a directory of all the participating vendors linked up to their websites with all their contact details, and you'll get the Zoom invitation where you can log in and join us on November 5th and 6th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time, noon to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Friday and Saturday, both days, will be busy with a full complement of fantastic small business entrepreneurs who are going to bring you everything from food and fashion, arts and crafts, jewelry and accessories, all sorts of wonderful gift items that are sure to help you get your holiday gift shopping completed before the mad rush. 
So please join us for Let's Go Shopping. You'll hear Trisha during that event, as well as myself. I'll be emceeing the event, as well as offering some of my elegant insights, braille, jewelry, and accessories. And we have products for pets. We have beautiful handcrafted woodwork designs. We have tools for organization. Literally everything you can imagine will be available to shop for during Let's Go Shopping. So please join us. You're listening to the Fashionability Channel podcast, your guide to accessible style. Finally, style within reach of everyone. Follow us on Twitter at Inclusive Style or on Facebook at facebook.com slash fashionability. Write to us at fashionabilitychannel at gmail.com. Download the Fashionability Channel podcast from iTunes, Blueberry, Google Play, or from fashionabilitychannel.com. Thanks for listening.